This is part two of a two-part interview. Sometimes the second part of these interviews is better than the first part. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you're not even listening, are you? We've told you over and over again, the second part of these interviews is better than the first. But where does that get us? The first half of interviews always has more downloads. Hey, you do what you want. You always do. So enjoy or don't. Whatever. Hola, bienvenidos. This is Richard Wilson. With this podcast, there are no electives. Every program is a prerequisite. The semester is in session. It's season two of the Bait and Switch podcast. We now join the Bait and Switch podcast already in progress. Getting back to that thing is you guys obviously want to make a living, but obviously you guys are having fun and you're proud of your product. You're proud of the Wild Tiki, right? Proud right? of it. Yep. Is it always fun? No. Um, do you want to rip your hair out sometimes? Yes. Do you mm. want to stab staff members every day? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not each other though. <laughs> yeah, we get in fights all the time, Barely but you, ever, it's yeah. always a handshake and a hug and I love you yeah. at the end of the day, right. no matter what happens. I mean, I think we've been in one really bad one. <laughs> and two days later, I made a sarcastic comment in the kitchen and he just smiled and walked away. <laughs> yeah. After he's like, we're both like, sorry, man. He's like, yeah. After a, a baseball style butt slap, you know, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be in business like you guys are buddies, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, you're going to stay buddies. Sure. Right? And the key to the business I've always done is you have to have the ability to go nuts on the guy and not get offended by it. I do know that after we get the product together, we get the podcast we're going to release, it's something that I'm proud of and that, honestly, I think most people, if they listen to it, they would enjoy it. But how much more gratifying is it when you're so proud of what you've done? Mm -hmm. Like, I hated my last business. It It was intended to be something else. None of us had the same vision. None of us could get along. And... You get into something like this where, you know, we had our hiccups with a partner and stuff like that too. No hard feelings, like just didn't work out. But when you, you have the same vision and you're both proud of something and you're going and you're working to that goal and you could say, I created that, I did that. And you, you want to say that that's huge. Yeah. 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 yeah so we have, a, we have a lot of fun with it. I mean, it's this, and I think part of the, uh, well, here, why don't we do this? Uh, welcome back. You've joined the bait and switch podcast already in progress part two here we're back with uh pete and jimmy of wawatiki fame and of course my co-host chris Byer is here and we're just uh kind of sitting around gabbing talking about life and uh the how to uh what Motiv- motivation, how, uh, motivation, motivation how, of, how to make the most of your life and, and feel good about things that you're doing yeah. and well, you said a key word there right motivation mm-hmm. and i was in san antonio and everybody's moving there to try to do restaurants like these chefs and probably five Uber guys told me, how is it? What are you doing? And the one thing I said is you always got to stay hungry. And I'm a guy that's mind's always going, never stops, always thinking, trying to make it better. And you know, I would tell these guys I consulted for, don't get content because that's when the guy behind you comes and takes your fame. Sure. If you mm-hmm. get content or you're like, oh, I paid it off. What do I care now? Right. But you still have to think like you have those expenses. You have to pay for stuff because sure. you'll still keep making more revenue and making people happier and it just kind of rolls. But the moment you're going kind to of put it on cruise control, now you're in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. There's always room for, you know, whenever people, when you hear about people talk about what job field should I get into? And, you know, let's not get into uh, job field X because it's too crowded. Well, the answer is no. The answer is if you're going to be good at it, then there's room for you. 
if you get into a job field that is wide open and you're bad at it, there's not room for you. Yeah, we had that example at Wauwatiki. There was a place that saw what we were doing, tried to copy us, took mm-hmm. pictures on the wall, did everything. They didn't last a year because it's not their thing. Right. You yeah. know, like you right. have to, it has to be you. And today's day, people go to the cheese shop for cheese. And I say this all the time. They go to the the liquor store to buy liquor. They go to the produce or the meat, the markets to buy produce and butcher, yep. butcher mm-hmm. for, you know, like that's the way the world's changing too. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So you have that's to true. be good at what you do and, and have passion behind it. Yeah. yeah, I got to know Pete first. I got to know Jimmy a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But when I would walk into the Wautiki, which is very close to where I am here now, Pete is one of those guys that knows everybody's name. I mean, everybody walks That's in. That's not true. Jimmy knows everybody's <laughs> name. I know everybody, yeah, no. just not their names. Yeah. <laughs> Pete but knows I the mean, faces like every classic bartender. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll say this. And again, uh, I've gotten to know Jimmy a little bit more, but I knew Pete first. When I walked in, when everybody walked in the place that I noticed, Pete lit up. Pete had that little smile on his face, greeted everybody. You know, it became obvious that, you know, this guy knows how to run a bar. And again, I, I learned that with Jimmy as well. There's that feeling that uh, that the Wautiki is very welcoming to everybody. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. Um, we, we have so many friends from, uh, you know, from downtown or from back home or college. But a lot of our, our close friends aren't going to make it out to Tosa, you know, all the time if they're not from there. But if you just get to know people and get to know their names and their drinks and you just chat with them, well, all of a sudden, we have all these friends now coming to our bar all the time. Like, sure. you know, we made new friends. And right. when the old friends come in, holy That's crap, we're too. happy to see you. Yeah, yeah but I mean, build relationships, you yeah. know. It's yeah. that, you know, we talk about it a lot, like um, warm, fuzzy feelings, you know. You feel like that, what's not to come in there for? And I, the one I always stress is like the ambulant lighting when you're sitting at Christmas and it feels right. like that. Our lighting should be like that. Our yeah. sound should be like that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you get the staff that can make you feel like you're sitting in that environment and you're at Christmas dinner with your family, enjoying whatever you do, that's what we go for. Sure. Well, all, I mean, welcoming is obviously yeah. the, the key. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And the, the tiki aspect gives you that as well, where you got the overhead stuff where it feels like a smaller space. Now, your yeah. space is quite small. And again, that adds to what you're talking about because when you walk in, you're in the midst of it right away. There's no transition into getting into the heart of the bar. You're in the heart of the bar right yeah, it's, away. It's not that nightclub-y. I mean, we talk about that walk of shame when you walk into bars and you have to walk all the way down. Everybody turns around and looks at you because it's such a... <laughs> we yeah. got a good story about that. Oh. <laughs> Chris and I... Oh, yeah. We, the, uh, we uh, went to a bar one night. He had a old college roommate who was bartending at this bar. So we went down there. We parked and we're kind of looking around. <laughs> my college roommate, my ex-college roommate... His brother was a well-known bartender in town. He worked at prominent oh, oh, bars. Oh, I didn't realize it was his brother. I thought yeah, it was, okay. No, it was, okay. it was his brother. He worked at prominent bars. He worked at Summerfest, and he had a following. People knew who he was, and he had a nickname. His nickname was Gravel. Right. And uh, so we went in there looking for Gravel, right? And <laughs> the guy was name. a real nice guy, this <laughs> yeah, Gravel guy. Gravel He's one great. of these guys that everybody loved. And we walk in, and here we are looking like two college prepsters. Right. I I had this pink shirt on. Jim probably had something had similar. Salmon? On. Did yeah. you have salmon, like a polo yeah. on underneath yeah. it? Yeah. 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 And, you know, yeah. yeah. I had my sweater tied over my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we looked like every villain in a college movie, right? Yeah. And from some frat. And we walked in and basically to like the, a like the biker mu- bar. The music stopped. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody turned and stared at us. And then we looked around. I looked for gravel. I didn't see him. And so I walked up to the bar. And uh, the guy said, <laughs> "The guy said, I think you boys are in the wrong place." 
<laughs> yeah, he just he looked at right, and he kind of had this smirk on his face, like you, you guys are going to be dead soon. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say, "What gravel are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, he said, "You guys are in the wrong place." And then, just like out of a movie, I said, "We're here looking for gravel." He goes, gravel? Why didn't you say so? Yeah, and, and All of a sudden, the music starts up again, and, and everybody's goes, patting their back. And... He, says, he says to this guy, hey, these guys don't gravel. And they say, gravel? Hey, this guy. And the whole bar, like, these guys don't gravel. Yeah, Pat we, us on the back, buying us drinks. Like, we were moments from death. It was like... It was, uh, it was really funny. It was like right out of Faces of Death video. You know, was, so that's like, the opposite of yeah. welcoming. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so really. had a good time, though, right? Really, we, well, eventually, we only because too of long. We really didn't. We really, it was but like we stayed for a drink or something. It, oh, we got to go. It was funny. It was straight out of the movie. We walked really in was. and everybody gave us a look like, we're going to kill these clowns? idiots. <laughs> you know? exactly. What are these clowns doing here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was funny. <laughs> but um, now you guys met uh, through baseball. Yes. J- Jimmy right. and I did. Or yep. Jim Martin. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. We ended up... Um, being on a Yankee team, was it? Is that Yankees, where it first was the Yankees, yeah. yeah. I think so, because you weren't on the A's, right? It was A's first, then it was the Yankees. This is a adult hardball league. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Jimmy, my business partner here, he, we play ball together still. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, right. let's back up a little bit here. I want to talk about this. Now, you played what level of baseball? Played independent baseball for the Phoenix Firebirds. It's professional baseball, but not that good. I found out early on I was probably a filler after year one, which means you're there to fill the void to play against other guys. Right. Uh, you probably never be more than a minor league athlete. Did people you play with go on to bigger things? Anybody that at least went on to minor league ball? Uh, yeah, a lot of them did. You know, like I got a contract and blew up my arm right before I could really do anything with it. But um, still, you're a minor league player at best. I mean, there's guys today that I've seen go they're 100 times better than me and still can't get anywhere just because the talent pool is so so high yeah it's and it's just crazy i mean it's insane yeah i mean the the number of people who are actually in major league baseball but it's probably around thousand right thousand yeah. guys on the high side that's a thousand out of how many you know hundreds of thousands are coming through millions yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, millions, millions of, of kids who have who have that dream. I want to be a major league ball player, but there's only and then they so become bar owners like me. Yeah, right. <laughs> what about? But, I mean, you know, some of them washed out at high school. They realize they're not going to sure. do whatever, and you know. What but, about uh, the guys that would languish in those leagues, not making anything and not going for in their life? Did you see a lot of those people that you know the dream was out there and they they chased it too long? Yeah, I mean, my first days was with a 36 year old shortstop, and they said I got to play second base next to this guy. And the first thing I watched this guy is play catch. And it looks like he's a magician from the ball going glove to hand. It didn't even look like it touched his glove. And I literally turned to the guy and I go, this is a magic trick. <laughs> and I go, what? I go, is he really a baseball player? Or is this a magic trick? Are you guys are trying to scare me. Because <laughs> I, I heard all the stories of the rookies get hazed. And man, did I ever get hazed? And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, what? And he goes, no, I'm here to teach you. So you better watch and learn. I go, I can't even see what you're doing. What are you talking about? Like, what am I going to watch? <laughs> and here's this guy at some eighth division level at 36 years old, and he's not good enough to take it up another level. Oh, I couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. That was why. But if he could hit a baseball, he would have been there. Yeah, he right. was that talented. Um, yeah, he, he was a Latin American guy. He came up from nothing, had his fingers look like they were jagged and broken in every place. And he said, you want to play like me? Took one of those small milk jugs, cut the end off, and said, "Here's your new glove. This is what you're going to play with." In and a I, game? 
No, no. Come on, man. <laughs> Milk jug league. Yeah, did, yeah did, right. Did you leave the top on? Well. Because the top on, top off, that can make a difference. No, but that was my glove. It yeah. was my glove for about a month, hitting bullets at me. My mm-hmm. hands hurt. And I wondered, I started realizing why his hands were all broken. He goes, yeah, we used to use rocks for balls. And I was like, oh, sure. my God. Yeah, right. And yeah, I upgraded busy. to a piece of wood. Yeah. That was my next glove. Yeah. And then I got a piece of leather that was just flat. And then he gave me a glove the size of my hand that was meant for a four-year-old. And he said, um, miss small, you know, because when you have your regular glove, you want to catch everything in your hand. <clears throat> but, I mean, those guys are so talented and the way they come out of there. I mean, that's why you look at kids today, and especially in the States, these athletes that are coddled and everything else. And you wonder right. why Latin America is taking over baseball. Yeah. It's because mm-hmm. right. they're yeah. going at it and they're going after it. They don't yeah. know anything else. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about with the, you know. With the bar and this is their passion. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, kids like it here. They, they, a lot of kids love it here. But those guys, it's a separate level for those guys. I mean, it's what they do. And again, stones and milk chugs compared to right. $300 gloves from mom and dad and right. uh, $400 bats and in you know, a ball that's getting swapped out every yeah, right. 20 right. minutes, you ball, know. Ball hits the dirt and then you throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. well, those guys there, that's why they're so good because they're, sure. they, their theory is, you know, Miss small on everything, and sure. there's their misses are still outs, right? Right. All right. Now I'm not I'm not the baseball guy. You guys are. This is one when there's like certain quiz questions that you have in your head where you ask people. This is one I always ask people. Oh boy. Which is name the eight ways to get on first base. Let's see if you guys can come up with all eight. All right. Well, you can strike out and the ball catcher drops the ball. You Drop walk, third strike. Yep. You can walk. Hit by pitch. Hit by pitch. Three. Hit. Of course. Four. Uh, catcher's okay. interference. Oh, yes. Catcher's, catcher's interference. interference. Good. Did good you one. say walk? Because we'll we did. That, we yeah. did say walk, yeah. Yep. Uh, air. 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 There we air. go. We got yeah. hit. Yeah. Walk. Air. Hit by pitch. Catcher interference. Drop third strike. We got two more. Yeah. Two more. One that I think oh, is a uh, trick. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. One's uh, a trick and one's real. What about, oh, wait, Fielder's Choice. Fielder's yeah, Choice. Yeah. Fielder's uh-huh. Choice. Uh-huh. Yep. There you go. All right. That is it. And, <laughs> then the last, choice. and the last one <laughs> is what? This is the tricky one. This is the tricky one. The, 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 the question is, how can you get on first base? Oh, yeah. pinch runner. Pinch runner. Boom. Uh, pinch runner. Right? Yes. A little help. We got it. All right. There's nice two, work done by Jamar on that hey, whole thing. You're you're Johnny on the spot. Those I've been studying up since, since I retired. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean you got shelled a lot? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of guys got on first base. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, actually, it's one of the things, main things with guys is when there's a sport that they love, they always want to. If they could be in charge, they make changes to it, right? You know, how would you change baseball to make it better, right? So. How would you guys change the game to make it faster? Well, they're they're already. I was just talking to somebody today. They're yeah. like looking at more of that stuff. The problem is, is the 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 coaches are slowing it down, right, Jim? I would say like all the change of pitchers, uh, guys don't go seven innings anymore. Yep. One, the analytics of baseball take over. Yep. How about uh, putting a limit on the number of pitchers on the staff? The problem with limiting, say, to like say. A finite nine, number, nine yeah. or ten. Yeah, guys are going to start getting hurt because yeah. if they're pitching too much, blood arms are going to. Yep, you're seeing a lot of Tommy John surgeries now because guys are trying to throw 100 miles an hour when they're 17 years old, and that puts so much torque on your on your elbow that this blowing out. What the, you you heard about that guy? Uh, uh, there was a major leaguer 
he had a surgery and the guy was dyslexic and he had a Johnny Tom surgery. And yeah. so all of a sudden he's limping. Well, he can't right. pitch, but his move to second base is really, he's picking everybody off. <laughs> it's really something. Um, How but, long did it take you to think of that one? But, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, I will say this, that you know, being somebody that's not into baseball, one of the things that makes it difficult for me to get into it is the time the time yeah. you're, you're getting three hour plus games on average that's just too much three hours i'll say is is fine i mean i've always grown it's like up golf it's always four been... plus hours is terrible yeah how so about great. uh extra yeah. innings in hockey they do a shootout how about a home run derby to end a tie well they have the <laughs> california rule how's that how's that working again jimmy the california rule yeah that i mean that rule works in our leagues and it might work for major league baseball actually yeah, you, you start with a, what, a guy on second base and one out in a 2-1 count to the first batter. That sounds right, yeah. Right? Whoever scores the most from there wins, and you go extra innings till then. Okay. That reminds me of uh, like college football, right? Start right. with 25, right. see what you can do. I like that rule. Yeah. yeah. That would I wish the up. NFL would apply that. That'd me too. Fun. Yeah. And I think Major League Baseball could do that. That California right. rule is really good. Sure. I agree because, I mean, you see these games go 15, 16, 17 Law pitching. Bruise up their schedule for the yeah. next two or three no, weeks. No, not one person wants no. to watch 20 innings of baseball. Nobody, right. <laughs> nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants to play it. Nobody and nothing. I'll make yeah. the argument for the home run derby because I'm just a big fan of derbies. Roller derby. Uh-huh. Pinewood derby. Yeah. Demolition derby. Demolition derby I like a lot. And Kentucky derby. Oh, yeah. What about, isn't there like a derby hat too or something? Derby hat. Derby hat. <laughs> you know, Kentucky <laughs> derby, it's billed as the most <laughs> exciting two minutes in sports. I tell my girlfriend that all the time. I was going to say, I <laughs> I was going to sue him because I had the first part of that trademark. But uh, um, but the in sports thing, then I thought, okay, I'll let it pass. But no, I'm just a big fan of derbies in general. Yep. Uh, the Academy Awards last night. I think just call a movie derby. You know who won last night? Best picture? Yep, I do. Uh, Did not watch it. Green, Green Book? Something at Green, Green Book, Book, yeah. Green Book. I made a mistake. I went to see Blue Book. It was about a guy, a private auto sale. Yeah. And he got a great deal in the end. I know it's fiction. I know it. You know, I mean, but it was good. You know, it was, good. It was uh, believable. I'll it was say that. Not believable, maybe not quite as riveting. No, but, uh, but still, yeah, interesting. <laughs> no, I mean, it no. kept me. It kept me guessing yeah. to the end. I was like, yeah, you know, right. I was cheering is for the sale. Is he going to get who's? Yeah. So uh, you know, third party auto sales. I you know, I mean, it's a well worn path in the movies. They've done it a hundred times. But Blue Book, right. I recommend you see it. Really nailed it. <laughs> now, did you see that uh, Lady Gaga? Apparently wore the same outfit that Audrey Hepburn wore. Did you hear that? I did not hear that. Did not hear it either. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I, I heard, yeah, I heard I she wore like a $30 million necklace or something. Oh, yeah. But it was oh, the really? same dress. Yeah. What if somebody said, you know, I'm wearing the same pants as Gregory Peck from 50 years ago? I think we should change pants right now so we can say, I'm wearing Pete's pants tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, can you fill these pants, buddy? <laughs> I don't know. They look a little tight to me, but... <laughs> I get back a little bit to baseball. You talked about the guy with the with the bum hands and whatnot. Do you guys got injuries from baseball? Let's start with Jimmy. Jimmy, tell oh, me yeah. about your baseball injuries. <laughs> yeah, my worst one was just a few years ago. I hit hit the dirt pretty hard diving for a fly ball. Hurt my knee. Are you starting to see the end of the tunnel here with the career in terms of getting hurt that you can't go to work and that type of thing? Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about injuries right now. I sprained my wrist a little bit in the last game of the year. And uh, it still feels a little little weird. But Makes it so, hard to flip. Bottles. I'm a masochist. Yeah. I, I play through everything. And <laughs> the first game last year, I don't. I felt like I couldn't walk afterward. I was in so much pain. <laughs> I was yeah. so happy when he said he was sore after that first weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, finally! <laughs> I, it's the first time, and I I'm the worst. I don't I don't like to go hit. I don't like to train. I don't like to do any of that till March. Mm-hmm. These guys are going December and start working out. And, yeah. you know, I run the team with another guy and they're always yelling at me for not doing more. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, 
not ready for this yet. You need to take a break. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of probably anything, just taking a break from something, getting away and coming back to it. Jim, you had an injury that kind of put paid to your career, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had shoulder surgery. Is it difficult to sleep on? Is that a problem? Not, not now that I stopped. I know where this is going. What about, for example, let's say like carrying a briefcase, you could do that, right? Sure. Through a Pentagon checkpoint, right? You could do that. Yeah, yeah, sure, right. sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I didn't and, know, uh, you know that, sounds, that sounds mysterious. Yeah, and so I just got some coming up. I was wondering if your shoulder's fine, you could do that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can, I and can if they interrogate you for like an hour or two, it's not going to kill you. It's probably fine. Okay, yeah. well, I'll get back to you on that idea. Okay, that good. I got. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, just let me know. When okay, you, yeah. I mean, if, if nothing else, I could, you know, I could put it on my other arm. Sure. My other arm's fine. So, yeah. you know, sure. We, I mean, all I need is just to carry it and just don't sweat a lot, don't look nervous, and just, you know... Why would I look nervous? Yeah, there's no reason to be yeah, nervous. No, no strange person asks yeah. you to carry something no, in yeah. an airport. No. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That, that works in, into something else I didn't intend on talking about. But I remember one time my parents, they moved to Arizona, and uh, they would have me bring stuff out to them in my luggage uh, when I'd go visit. And this went on for years. My mom would fill up suitcases, and I'd take them out in addition to my luggage, and I would take them to the airport. And this one lady came up to me and she said, uh, did you pack your suitcases today? <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm honest to a fault. And I said, no, I didn't. Well, geez, that put the gum in the works. They stopped. I was, I was like running late. They had to go through all my stuff and whatnot. How long? It wasn't that long ago that you could walk the person to the gate, right? Oh, yeah. We just talked about this. Yeah, we I was just talking yeah. about this when yeah. we were in San Antonio. Yeah. 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 There, was, there was a comedian that uh, did a bit about 9-11. He said, you know, he said, a lot of people think it's a terrible thing. He said, but some good things come about it. He said, uh, you know, I don't have to walk my girlfriend to the gate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for the plane to take off and wave. Yeah, right, right, all that. You know, what I always wanted to do, I was telling my kids about this when we came back, I always wanted to just walk through the airport, just go to the gate, buy a ticket at the gate, just get on the plane and just go somewhere. It doesn't matter where. You just go, yo, I was going to Rome. Oh, let's go to Rome today. You can't do that anymore. Stupid. Yeah, you, could, I mean, you could do it. I mean, I got off a flight coming back and my buddies were in Vegas and they were like, you got to get out here now. And I saw a red eye going through and I was looking at it, walked over. Oh, so you're already in. I was already so in yeah, the airport, that's, that's got the off a plane, yeah. talked to my friends and like, mm -hmm. you got to get down here. Didn't have much with me at all. Yeah. You know, a, a small bag for a three day work trip. And they're like, I looked at them like, oh, I could, yeah, I could do this. And I was like, how much is, is that flight full? She's like, what? I'm like, can I get a ticket right now? She's like, well, you'd have to fly standby to do this. So I booked it online, <laughs> got on the plane, and she just looked at me. And she goes, did you just do that? I was like, yeah, I'll buy clothes there. That's awesome. <laughs> I, saw, I would love to do that. I right? saw one time me and my brother at the airport and this couple, they biked to the airport. And they had their luggage on the bike and on their backpacks. They got there. They bought a bike box, you know, a cardboard box, packed it up, and they put all that stuff on the plane, and then when they got off, they unpacked it, got on their bikes, and biked out of the airport. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, they, did, they, biked, wow. they biked right up to the yeah. up to the gate, and they had no transportation uh, to the airport or away from the airport, and they went to Europe. They got out, they got off, you know, the plane in Milan and just biked off. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pete, you know, this uh, leads me to uh, the fact that you're Greek, right? Yeah, Pete, you've got a real fondness for Greece. Uh, you even talked about maybe living there at some point. Yeah, um, a lot of family there. Um, it's hard to live there now, but if mm -hmm. you were to, money wasn't an issue. Yeah, all day. Yeah, 
What about you, Jimmy? If if you had to transplant and move overseas, where would you be? He's coming with me. Ooh. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, if money was no object, yeah, yeah, Pete showed me, uh, what was that town called in Greece? Where Santorini. Yeah, holy cow. Google that. That just looks like paradise. Mykonos, sure. Santorini, Corfu, all those islands, they're the best. Yeah. Between Turkey and Greece, you're not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. Or else for me, it'd be the Caribbean, probably. Second or best. Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. Either or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I want to come to the the plug section of the uh, podcast here before we wrap up. The obvious plug would be for the bar Wauwatiki in Wauwatosa. Go ahead, uh, give the address and, and, uh, you know, maybe hours and that type of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Wauwatiki or the Wauwatiki, as Chris calls it, (laughs) uh, which is great, by the way. You know, that Facebook was the Facebook at first. We're at 6502 West North Avenue, right here in East Tosa. And uh, Wauwatosa. We are, Wauwatosa. We are uh, open for dinner six nights a week. We open at 4.30 every day. Kitchen's usually open until 10 or 10.30 on weekends. And a uh, big misconception with us that people think we close when our kitchen closes. But we are a bar and, you know, we, we stay open late. We usually stay open until 2 a.m. On, on weekends. and Depending on when the dating couples decide to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. depending on when that last first date decides to leave. <laughs> Is that official bar time in Milwaukee, 2 a.m.? Yes, 2 a.m. weeknights and 2.30 on Friday and Saturday. Correct. Yeah. Okay. It's a great uh, addition to the neighborhood. I'm in the neighborhood here as well. It is one of those bars that people tend to know each other and tend to make, you know, not only does Pete and Jimmy here make people feel welcome, but other people in the bar tend to make other people feel welcome. And mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah. a really fun place. Yeah, thanks, Chris. It is. Thank you. Yep, that's that's my plug. My plug is for Wauwatiki. Now, what do you guys got? <laughs> We're gonna we'll wrap it. Oh, we got it. Usually, typically, what we do is we count down the music. Sure. Well, we usually. Oh okay. yeah, I, I've been I've been looking forward to being a part of this. Yeah. Oh, All yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, either. good. Good. Right. So, so Jimmy's been listening. <laughs> He's been listening, by the way, which is not not necessarily the norm for our guests. Yeah. Some of our <laughs> yeah, guests have not listen. A lot of them we watch. Jimmy's not normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they walk in and say, like, "Have you listened to anything?" <laughs> but as Jimmy yeah, knows, what we do is we count down three, two, one together. There's a little bit of a pause. And then we start the music. So let's go ahead and do it. Here we go. Okay, we're ready. Three, two, one. Music. There we go. There you go. All right. Well, thanks, fellas. We appreciate you guys (laughs) coming in. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. And spending some time with us. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again sometime soon. See you in the neighborhood. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast when we interview yet another prominent Milwaukee media personality. Tonight's guest is Bonnie North. You might know Bonnie from WUWM in Milwaukee, 89.7. That is the Milwaukee affiliate of NPR. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.